uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's weird to lead off with this. Um, why are so many of Leonardo DiCaprio's movies like he plays a white man who's trying to get away with shit? Like, what's that about? <laughs> <laughs> now, now you got me thinking. <laughs> Aviator, obviously. Yeah. Something in the soul. Catch me if you can. Uh, um, what's that other one? I was just thinking of it. We're going to get to it. At okay, the so end not of what's Gilbert. Stories, Gilbert but... Grape, obviously. No. <laughs> Blood Diamond. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Django Unchained. Yep. Uh, Inception. <laughs> like, if we can, if we can lie to this guy just right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. I don't got to say it. It's uh, the Wolf of Wall Street, and that's yeah. going to be the part yeah. three of our miniseries. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I was hoping for Critters Three. Oh. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna do or we are doing a Martin Scorsese slash Leonardo DiCaprio miniseries since Killers of the Flower Moon is uh coming up in a few weeks. And this is our first part of our three part series. So I'll start off with what is your favorite Scorsese movie and what is your favorite DiCaprio movie? I'm gonna say my favorite Scorsese is The Departed. Okay, I purposely did not pick that for this because everybody loves it. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with all of us loving a movie. No. I just figured we might as well yeah. have a, a bit of an adventure. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. D- did you have a Scorsese one? Uh, or is it the I, same? I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to sound like uh, one of those guys, but I, I just really liked Taxi Driver. <laughs> <laughs> but That's I weird. forgot... But I forgot that he directed Bad. Yeah. Michael Jackson. <laughs> I don't think I knew that before now. I, I I looked that up a couple months ago when I was like, man, there's just so much going on in this that I forgot about. There's Wesley's Snipes. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and it's like, oh, no. It's like he, he was like, hey, Scorsese. I was like, no, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he called him. I just don't, oh, feel, I don't, feel, right, I don't feel right calling him Martin. So yeah, like it just kind of is, but uh, Taxi Driver is kind of a a whole weird mood. But I guess yeah, there's a lot of people who know that like you can't trust men who like that is their only favorite movie. That's bad. Something something's wrong with those dudes. That's fair. It's, it's not your a hero. Favorite Scorsese movie, but it's not your favorite movie. No, there you no. go. See, see, you're safe. It's okay. No. Oh, it is definitely not. <laughs> Little Mermaid. It's no Little Mermaid. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do you have a, a DiCaprio, uh, a Leo favorite? Um, that's a little harder because I've always felt a little. I don't. I don't. I don't want to say. I, it's there's something about his ability to fit in a movie. He doesn't look like he should fit in. You talking about Django? Uh, no, any oh. any of them. Oh, oh, any of them. Okay, any of the movies. Like he always seems like the wrong choice. I and then you see the movie and it's that. like ah, I think this it's because we have everybody has it just locked in our heads that he's a kid. Yeah, that's probably a good <laughs> chunk of it. Romeo and Juliet's just yeah. stuck in everybody's mind. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but uh, that was definitely something that he tried to shake at some point. Oh, definitely. Get past. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not a kid anymore. <laughs> I'm doing but he shit. absolutely Movies. made Inception. Mm-hmm. Like I hate to put it that way. Like if it weren't <laughs> for him and uh, Thirty Rock or Third Thirty Rock, Third Rock for the, him, him and the guy from Third Rock from the Sun. Uh, I can't think of that guy's name. <laughs> Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yes. Uh, he has a whole website where he's asking people to be creative all the time, and I can never remember his name. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, like those two really made Inception work. And I think they should have more scenes together in it. So I do like Inception, but I also, everybody has to love Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think it's a law. <laughs> I, it didn't hit me until just now how many movies of his I absolutely love. <laughs> and I, he's not one of my favorite actors, but he, like, it, he's just in the right movies. And honestly, he's like, there's a I think I've mentioned it before, like a lot of actors, they'll go by this advice where if you want to have a good career, the trick is to work with good directors. And he started doing that very early on. So that's why he has a lot of bangers, because he also works with like established directors who know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So even if it's like, it's not all on him to carry a movie because he knows that the director got it kind of deal. And even if he doesn't bring 150% to the role, it's still, the chances are still likely that he'll have, you know, a good movie. I just had a weird epiphany. I I feel, I'm not going to retract everything I said. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Basketball Diaries is actually my favorite film of his. Okay. I watched Basketball Diaries because I liked the, um, I watched, it's about a a real person. And, um, (laughs) well, a lot that'll yeah, happen. Yeah. So I say that like no one ever does that. Um, the it's a poet and it's based on his life story and like you know there's embellishments and whatnot. But I I was introduced to the to the poet through the punk scene and then somebody's like oh well, you know this movie is about him and I was like what well I I went to the I went to the movie because I really like the the work of um it's gone um but he had like a whole poetry book called Outcome the Wolves and then. Mm-hmm. The band Rancid based like one of their songs and albums off of that, I think. Yeah, it was just kind of like, I'm gonna go see this movie. And it came out of that movie thinking, wow, dude really does have like all of this intense emotional stuff that he went through in his early life to become the poet he is. Also, it's another movie that basketball is in, but this time it's not just <laughs> pigeonholed into there. It's not Alien 3 over here. It's, it's supposed to be. <laughs> I think Leo is the best example of the work with good directors ideology for actors because I think after Romeo and Juliet, maybe, you can look at his filmography and every single movie somewhere around there after that is an established director. Like every single one of his movies for the last 20, 20 something years is an established director. And so he like, he was like, someone told him that. And he was like, got it. All right. Locked in. Uh, For me, my favorite Scorsese is actually Silence, which we're not going to do because it doesn't have Leo in it. (laughs) Okay. I was pushing because I remember I asked the, the, the group, you know, for the listeners, you know, 
they like, well, who are these people? And, you know, we assemble once a month <laughs> on a stormy night. And I asked them, okay, for this miniseries, Killers of the Flower Moon is coming out. Should we do Scorsese or should we do Leo or both? But I'm worried that if we do both, then uh, it might just turn into Leo <laughs> uh, miniseries and we won't talk about Scorsese. Because honestly, I don't know if I know enough to talk about him. But also wanted to do Silence. But I was like, no, nah, I can't really pass up doing both because that seems to make the most amount of sense. And then also everybody wins, right? Except for me because I wanted to do Silence. So that's my favorite Scorsese, but favorite Leo is really hard because <laughs> of the reasons I said earlier. But I have a special place in my heart for The Great Gatsby, which is him and Baz <laughs> Luhrmann. Why'd you say that? You're the one who put me on it. You also just stole my answer. Oh, we, we can have the same answer. Ew. We can have the same answer. No, we can't. It's gonna we're not married. Right? <laughs> <laughs> or, I mean, it's like we're married or something, right? Like, yeah. um, <laughs> obviously, uh, Inception. We don't got to go down the Nolan Road. <laughs> the same thing goes for Django and... The Departed. I guess it would be the no, no. It, you can have Gatsby. It's fine. Sorry, the Revenant. Fuck. I, there's so many that I absolutely love. Um, I don't know which is my favorite Leo one. Actually, I, I'm pretty sure I have a list of my absolute favorite movies ranked, and so I could just go to that. In fact, let me just do that now and just shut up. Uh, hold on, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, according to this, my favorite Leo is thanks for tuning in to secret group of brown kids don't forget <laughs> to comment like and subscribe here's to franz favorite top five leonardo DiCaprio. This is <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i guess it's inception and like close behind it on my list the next one next leo movie would be the revenant and then right after that is gatsby but i they still all... haven't seen revenant and i'm uh, I'm lacking because I know that's the one where you finally got the statue. So I got it. <laughs> yeah. People, people well, give it grief because they're like, because he's been nominated before, but you know, this was one mm -hmm. of those things where like, they're like, okay, yes, he might deserve an Oscar, but not for this one. But y'all just gave it to him because he got snubbed before kind of deal. So I, I mean, I think he still deserved it, but they're like, somebody else was better. I forgot who, what that year was. Uh, who he was up against but i i remember yeah. people just being mad that the meme was over oh yeah <laughs> they were like no he can't win how will we, we what will we meme i'm like everything else i mean he got a new so, meme now so it's all good. yeah <laughs> now the meme is he has one so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. also the uh oh she's 25 <laughs> sorry <laughs> gotta go anyway that's his good god so yeah on that note thank you for joining us today if this is your first time with us we're the secret group of brown kids who are the secret group of brown kids it's a secret but you might be able to find us watching experimental planes test fly from the safety of the ground because fuck that <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, my name is Tiff Zilla. Uh, I'm your host today, and on this podcast, I make my friends watch movies and, and talk about their feelings with me. <laughs> on the panel today, he has 32 catch t-shirts. Tim. You don't know how close you are. And <laughs> actual house cat, Cherry. <laughs> I have no comment, sorry. <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs>
And the movie of the week is The Aviator uh, from 2004. And as we said, we're doing a whole a, movie uh, about sunglasses, huh? Yes. <laughs> Who knew? Specific style of sunglasses. I love mm-hmm. them. Yeah. They think I'm a cop, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> license and registration. <laughs> yeah, love, but like I said, we're doing uh, uh Martin Scorsese slash Leonardo DiCaprio uh miniseries because why not go for the twofer? And this is our first one. Uh, I might as well say this because I always forget. Next up, we got Shutter Island, and after that, we're doing uh The Wolf of Wall Street. But back to the Aviator <laughs> from 2004. Uh, if you don't know what it's about, it's a biopic depicting the early years of legendary director and aviator Howard Hughes. Uh, his career from the 1920s to the mid-1940s. Uh, starring, as we said, Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah, but also Kate Blanchett, Kate Beckinsale, John C. Riley, Alec Baldwin, Alan Alda. I don't think I said his last name right. Uh, that's right. That's that's all there is. Our nigga Bilbo, Ian Holm. <laughs> Just to name a few. And we got some bit parts from like Gwen Stefani, Jude Law, and even like Willem Dafoe has a cameo. So a lot of lot of actors in this, as these type of movies tend to have. There's a lot of room to fit people in. I wonder how it ha- how it works if it's just like Scorsese, sign me up. <laughs> and I'm gonna say this maybe like two more times. This has a lot of similarities with Oppenheimer, Nolan's uh, latest, the biopic, and not in the sense that like, because Oppenheimer's about him realizing he fucked up. I don't think Howard ever realizes that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, but they come from different angles, but there's a lot of similarities. Just like there's like 50,000 actors in this, um, even some technical stuff. It's, it's pretty neat uh, if you look at the two together. But moving on, currently streaming on Paramount Plus, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the budget. This had to be very expensive. Right? It had a $100 million budget and it made $213 million. Okay. How would it feel being on the set of a movie where you have to convey how much you're spending on a movie, knowing that you're spending a lot of money on the movie, on movie. <laughs> that you're making about that movie? Ouch. Scorsese put up 500000 of his own money because they went over the budget. And it's funny because there's a part of that in this movie where Howard spends his own money because mm-hmm. they <laughs> went over budget. But yeah. I think it had 11 Oscar nominations and won five. And it had a whole bunch of BAFTAs and wins, too. Mm. And Rotten Tomatoes, audience score 79% and critics 86. Should I? Nah, well, I don't want to keep pushing off the Rotten Tomatoes conversation, but I feel like it's not appropriate (laughs) for this one. We could just have a mini-sode where we talk about it, since everybody else has already talked about it, and we'll just be more black about it (laughs) that's what we will add to that that'll be the spice let's throw that in there okay i don't have any new shout outs our usual suspects uh i don't know if quebec is still with us which makes me sad but we got (laughs) at least two or three people listening in ontario so canada's still doing its thing shout Shout out out to the canadians (laughs) if you're the people i know in which case give me a visa I'm sure one of them is Justin. I'm not sure who the other, at least one, maybe two uh, Canadians are. But, you know, feel free to talk to us on Blue Sky or Threads. Come through. All right. So 
spoiler warning, we're going to spoil the movie from 2004. It's a 19-year-old movie. If you haven't seen it, it's worth the watch, though. Also, it's a biopic, so I don't know. You know, it's hard to spoil biopics. It's just yeah. unless you just really don't, you know, never heard of that person. Spoiler alert, he died. <laughs> but not in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Technically, this is not a cradle to the grave biopic. <laughs> it's technically like, because you know, you got your cradle to the grave biopics, uh, them being born, rising to do whatever interesting thing they do, and then uh, dying, uh, and everyone's sad. Or you just got this one moment in time, and we're just focusing on that, or specific moments, and then that's it. Which this is kind of. It's definitely not one moment in time. It's, it stretches twenty years, but mm-hmm. uh, we don't see him die. <laughs> we get the we get the meat of it. Yes, yeah. uh, everything up until we get the cool like, parts. Once once he starts, you know, doing the cool stuff is the is the best part. I want to see him arguing it with his parents about how much money uh, their company makes. That's whatever. Well, yeah, you don't even see him get the money in yeah. the first place. You see, just. It, Movie starts out with him making a movie off the money he already done made. Yeah. Do movies differentiate between whole life and chunk of life the way books do? How do books do it? And I'll tell uh, you. That's the difference between an auto, uh, like a biography or an autobiography oh. and a memoir. A memoir is just like a specific chunk of their life. And it yeah. could be 20 years, but it's like the main focus is a particular portion of their life, not like birth to death. Oh, I never knew that. Uh, no, they just every if it's about a real person, they just slap biopic on it. Oh, okay. Regardless of how they do it. Interesting. Or at least if it's about a real person, like the focus is on a real person. Like you could have a movie where real people are in it, but if it's mm-hmm. the focus on a real person, biopic. But yeah, so how'd y'all feel about it without getting in, into it too much? <laughs> the first time? I mean, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> like I, I mean, oh. I've watched this movie... <laughs> <laughs> probably more i mean not that i'm keeping count but i if you said we was more than 20 times i would agree with that like i okay. i watch this movie a lot so <laughs> clearly i like it yeah <laughs> this is possibly my third time watching it the first time as usual i don't know how i got into so many times where i'll see like a quarter of a movie and then leave or like come <laughs> in the middle of a movie that's just somehow i don't know maybe it's the the musician side of being a person i don't i don't know but Seeing it all the way through, really just uh, good. Just good movie. Like, I, it's not one of those, oh, I wish they still made movies like this. It's just kind of like, probably like Scorsese and some of the other greats. They're like, we want you to be able to watch this movie multiple times. So we're going to like make it just packed enough without going crazy. Yeah. Many interpretations to what's going on without coming off pretentious. Mm-hmm. That's how they got to do it, or the, that's how they do it successfully, I guess. Mm. I love it. I, I first, I got introduced through one of the many times uh, Cherry was sitting there watching it on TV, <laughs> or not watching, it was just on. And then, at some point, I was like, I need to do, I need to watch more Leo movies or something. I was trying to, like, I don't know, go through his, his filmography. And even though I didn't finish, because, like I said, I haven't seen Basketball Diaries, I was like, oh, The Aviator. I don't think I saw that in its entirety because it's just random chunks on TV whenever she has it on. Uh, let me go through that. So from start to finish, I did. And I was like, yo, this was pretty, this was a banger. And I don't remember anyone really talking about it. And it's probably because it came out in 2004 and I was in high school. And <laughs> high school ain't going to be like, man, did you see that new Martin Scorsese <laughs> Unless, you know, they're in like theater or something. And I only did one year of uh, acting, so... <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, yeah, let's get through it. I need to do it like that one fragrance YouTuber does. Let's get into it. <laughs> or not. <laughs> kill my dreams just like that all, all the all the fancy youtube people who are like let's get into it and then they do an ad yeah <laughs> the first message from yes. my sponsors buy this soap for your balls and if your balls are too hairy buy these clippers for your balls <laughs> Fucking manscape. I follow a YouTuber who. Oh, every, I was about to say. Every, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't have balls. That's Did not you think where I was I going there. Where were no, you no, going? I, I, I thought you were going to say you follow the Manscaped channel or something. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. What are you trying to say? What's the buzz <laughs> on Manscaped? <laughs> Are there Manscaped channel? I don't want to know. Google, oh. I wasn't I wasn't asking Google. Do not put that in my algorithm. Thank you. We're all gonna get clippers in our <laughs> I decline. Our... <laughs> I decline Google AdSense. Thank you. That would be a good time to say uh, we have a message from our sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No. <laughs> <Enough> bullshit. <laughs> what are you gonna say? I'm <laughs> <laughs> the moment's passed. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna say I follow a YouTuber who always, at some point in her episode, will be like, "But at, we'll do this afterward from our sponsor." It's never where the commercial break is. Oh wow! It's never. <sighs> I mean, it's YouTube, so there are actual ad breaks. Mm-hmm. That's never where her commercial break is. That's never. That's a, it's a running joke, right? Or she just says I don't. That I don't know. I the don't. AI know. puts it where it wants. Yeah, I can't tell. <laughs> I I know a channel who I don't. I don't know how they pull it off, but the Google drops the the YouTube ad drops come right on their breaks every time. Like there'll but be I, a, like a change like in action, can, and it'll happen. I feel like they can control that. Like they can say how many ad breaks they want in a video. I think mm-hmm. they can control. But she Weird. just kind of doesn't I guess drop she, them. Yeah, she doesn't. That's, why, that's why I went to. Oh, it's a running joke. I don't think it is. I think she just. <laughs> I think she just like drops it wherever. That girl wild. <laughs> like if it's a running joke and like people be in her comments, hey, did you know that the ads don't drop when you say it's going to drop? like, and she just ignores them because like not <laughs> a single, not one single video <laughs> doesn't drop. I mean, we got like... a couple of like running inside jokes that we just don't acknowledge. It's literally the name of our podcast, uh, <laughs> so I I can game recognize game, you know. Like anyway, this is about the aviator. <laughs> <laughs> so. The uh, film starts out in 1913, Houston, and we see eight-year-old Howard Hughes' mother giving him a bath and teaching him how to spell quarantine. Damn it. I should have made that a, a joke. Uh, and teaching him how to spell independent. I-N-D-E. <laughs> anyway, three people are going to get that joke. <laughs> uh, how to spell quarantine. F-U-C-K-B-U-C-K-B-U-C-K-B-U-C-K-B-U-C-K-B-U-C-K-B-U-C-K-B-U-C-K-B-U-C-K-B-U-C-K-B-U-C-K-B-U-C-K-B-U-
Fun facts. I now knew, know that I have, in fact, seen this movie from the beginning several times. Because you, you remember this. I remember this, yeah. I guess I just assumed that stuff happened before. but It's a hard cut. <laughs> it's a hard cut. It's clearly. Like, no, no kid. <laughs> Spell this word. We went from eight Rich. to grown. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, oh, I have seen it from the beginning. And spoiler alert, they don't circle back until the last scene. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, there is one scene where, anyway, but yeah. Uh, so next we see uh, Howard at Hollywood at a Hollywood jazz club asking if he can get two more cameras from MGM. And like the guy is like, "You got twenty four cameras, and you need more. You don't think you're good with twenty four? Bro, we need them. Come on, he needs twenty six to make it work. He's out of his mind. Uh, <laughs> could you imagine? Like, because clearly cameras like this is 1927 <laughs> so like cameras is it's just the like you just don't got cameras laying around yeah you don't got an old phone you can use right <laughs> <laughs> they're like this man is out he's using one he's you a movie just needs one camera to be filmed on he got 24 and he's asking us for more and he's the competition because at this uh, yeah. time, he's not with a studio. He's making it himself. Mm-hmm. So, But either way, he's not them, so he is competition. Yeah, that's why I understand why they felt the way they felt. So Howard goes to complain to his press guy, Johnny Mayer, played by Adam Scott. Uh, and a cigarette girl comes over and starts like talking to Johnny. And that annoys the shit out of Howard because they were having a conversation. So he, like, he makes his present known. And Johnny's like, Thelma, this is Howard Hughes, and we're just discussing how he wants me to pull a camera out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I love old-timey movies because they, they talk like this. The transcontinental accent is well-documented <laughs> as something ridiculous. <laughs> Didn't need to do it. Did not need to do it. Transatlantic, that's the one. Yeah, transatlantic. Tran- tran- transatlantic accent. Yes. I don't I know if it had a name. Yeah. So is it real, or did they just decide that that's how people sounded in nineteen, whatever? If I I could be wrong, but I just remember it being like someone trying to make fetch happen. Yeah, it was it was just like, why are you doing this? Like nobody needs this. Mm. Kind of like the same, kind of like the way like Madonna and Martha Stewart have the same accent, but it's not an accent that actually exists in the that world. exists. I yeah. guess you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a black tiktoker and i can't think of her handle right now who actually like makes videos teaching you how to have the transatlantic accent if you choose like well, i'm gonna do it she's Shit. she's she's very like into the, that time period that's her like aesthetic with her makeup and clothing and all of that stuff and she's a 1920s file <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> yeah if that's what you call it because I, 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 I don't know <laughs> romanticizes the the roaring 20s and yes which as a black person i would talk about that hey <laughs> You're not going to catch my black ass talking like that for very long. Whatever yeah, folks see, yeah. that's, that's quackers. Yeah, see. <laughs> yeah, see. <laughs> well, my mustache. Uh, so now, now, now I got to redo the quote. Thelma, this is Howard Hughes, and he we're just sitting here discussing how he wants me to pull a camera out of my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That... I learned two things that this wasn't really a thing. They made it up and it's called transatlantic. Mm-hmm. All right. So Johnny says that, but then Howard starts flirting with Delma, the cigarette girl. So we're 10 minutes into the movie and we already established three things about Howard. He's a germaphobe. 
he's a visionary, but like with most visionaries, he's incredibly particular and uncompromising, and he loves women. And he's he kind of smooth with it, too. No, I would be serious. There's a part of me that was like, this shit ain't work, did it? <laughs> you look, that is I'm exactly like watching I'm, the whole scene. I'm like, uh-uh. Look, that, that's, no, he, exactly that's, that's too much. He, he need to turn it down. I was like, yo, oh, I this, can't this shit working. That. that shit working. Cherry, what Oh, I, it, damn. Look, when we met, if I'd been like, hey, how do you feel when I rub my fingertips across? Like, would that have worked? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, in this specific moment, when he talks to the cigarette girl, he starts flirting with her. He was like, how do you, how does this feel? And he starts rubbing his fingertips. He's like, my, one of my fingertips rub across the leg. How does that feel? And she like, she's digging it. It's weird. <laughs> a stranger. Okay. Ew. In, in the, at first she looked a little indifferent, but just kind of like, where is this going? Yeah. But then he just hits, he just hits, he follows it up with, because I want to know, I want to learn what pleases you. And yeah. I was like, okay, that's too much. Look, but then he follows it up again with, like whatever it takes to know what gives like you know makes you feel good that's what i want to that's what i want to know no nah, like there i'm like that's straight out uh, of like I'm old a stranger no thanks like, <laughs> yeah what if teddy pengrass is a stranger <laughs> what like, teddy he, pengrass how old am i what well, i'm just saying but like that's some, that's some shit he would say it very it very much was like there's just no way that's working but I suppose, I suppose the wallet tax was going with that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. The, the, you know, know he got money. Yeah. Like yeah. he's not a cigarette boy. Getting on there. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> he was Howard Hughes though. By the time yeah. we jump in here, he's already yeah. well known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that. So point is, fellas, <laughs> don't get try this money. shit at home. <laughs> also get that money. <laughs> Oh, they were they were shockingly smooth sounding lines, but they would be kind of like it'd be better if they were accompanied with any knowledge of you prior. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can't just be some dude in the club hitting that yeah. line. That's not. This doesn't like, work. Hey, girl. <laughs> oh man, I'm drawing a blank. You know Is how many? Casey JoJo song? <laughs> what the fuck? What? Hey, girl. Or I no no I want to know. I was I was thinking of the guy from Boys and Men. Hey, girl. <laughs> it's just like you know how many uh you know how many cool uh shirts i have at my house i got one with snakes maybe come by and see it i'll take you there on my mom's uh bird scooter <laughs> she still got 45 minutes left Getting back to the movie, Howard hits the cigarette girl with a, I want to know what turns you on. <laughs> I like to know. Oh. Wait, Joe, how old is she? No. <laughs> is she 25? Oh, man. It's Joe, not Casey and JoJo. That's right. I was, I was close. If she doesn't know what happens when you say, I don't know, on Nickelodeon, <laughs> she's too young for you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so <laughs> next we see how working uh, working on the movie and he realizes his planes look slow uh, on film because there's nothing behind the plane to create a sense of movement, right? And it dawns on him, we need clouds. Because if the, you see a plane zip by a cloud, now you know it's going fast and not just <laughs> there, right? So mm. they hire a meteorologist from UCLA named Professor Fitz, played by Eam Holmes, shout out Bilbo, <laughs> to find the clouds. <laughs> 
eight months go by before they find clouds. <laughs> Because they're filming in California, Southern California. Well, like not having rain doesn't mean they don't have clouds. They don't have clouds. Look, <laughs> it never rains or gets overcast. It's never overcast. <laughs> it's never just a cloudy day. They don't. Just, they don't just have like. Eventually, shit. the clouds lead to rain. So, so I don't no remember Casey either, and right? JoJo. I don't. Or I don't remember uh, <laughs> Tony, Tony, Tony. We're I mix up all my bands now. <laughs> I don't remember Tony, Tony, Tony being that specific, so I just don't. Right, they never like it. Never, it's never overcast in Southern California. Like no, Get it's, not. Phone. it's just rain. So like they don't have clouds. Hello, <laughs> Tony. Is this Tony or is this Tony or is this Tony? No, 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 no. You you want Tony? I'm Tony, and Tony knows more about meteorology than either of us. Yeah. <laughs> Get Tony on. The phone. Get Tony on. The phone. Tony, Tony, Tone. <laughs> Uh, so after two years, two years, Hell's Angel finally finishes filming, but uh, Howard sees the jazz singer, <laughs> the first partially talking film, right? And now he wants to reshoot the whole fucking movie for sound, but his company is hemorrhaging money at an insane rate. So he tells Noah to mortgage the oil drill bit company that got him his fortune in the first place. And so they can keep pushing uh, to make Hell's Angels. That's some wild shit. Grind it too like, hard. Like, that's some shit that would get me divorced. I'm like, look. <laughs> <laughs> I know we ain't got no money, but I got to keep making this podcast. <laughs> oh, God. Look, get a second mortgage on the house. But yeah. For the podcast. <laughs> so, Hell's Angel of finally premieres, and folks love it. And we, uh, we get a second part with the red carpet scene. So... On this scene, you catch a second part where you can tell that Howard's starting to lose his hearing. Just like mm, with all the yeah. people yelling his name and stuff. And like he gets interviewed. That's what it is. He gets interviewed and he can't. Like mm-hmm. he's like making up answers to to the wrong questions because he can't hear the dude. But yeah. So folks love Hell's Angels. But he doesn't. And he, <laughs> when they come out of the premiere, he's like, "I, I we got to recut the movie. And we got to start tonight. Like that's some wild shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know how bad I gotta need a job to work with somebody like this? Like, bro, we just spent yeah, weird, man. But, it, but the Angel, movie done. It's not your money. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but you know, you could if you're helping him along towards ruin, you might be out of a job. But like, he told Noah up front, he was like, "I'll," he said, "I'll pay you double." And he's like, "Well, I guess I have to work twice as hard." He said, "Noah, you got to work four times as hard. I'm getting you for half the price." What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this nigga playing chess. <laughs> so, yeah, now we see Howard Corton, Catherine Hepburn, legendary actress, uh, starting with a golf game. And if you watch a movie and you're listening to us now, you would know that now the color in the movie started to get a bit weird. And that's because Scorsese, he wanted the movie's color to match the color of movies at the time. So now we have colored movies, but, you know, it's that cinecolor where things are like the greens are more turquoise and stuff like that. So that's why all of a sudden the color looks kind of weird because the beginning of the movie, he doesn't do that because it would have been in black and white. And I guess he just didn't want to. But once the color starts it was matching the color of the movies at the time. So in this scene, we get 
that kind of strange thing because I totally forgot about it. And Tim sh- sent me a screenshot. He was like, hey, my TV's being weird. And then when I was yeah. watching, my TV's being weird. Wait, no, it can't be. It has to be on purpose. We're in the wrong, <laughs> we're in the wrong age for people to be doing weird like color <laughs> correction on a movie. Like, just out of nowhere. But hold on. Let me check these damn settings. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, Catherine Hepburn. And straight up, she tells him that he's deaf straight to his face. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'm. Say, I know we usually go through this at the end of the end of the movie, but I'm gonna say straight up, like she's my favorite character. She uh, uh, she knew what was up. Yeah, played by Kate Blanchett, who Scorsese asked her to watch 15 of Catherine Hepburn's movies so she can get her like cadence down. Like I wish I wish she hadn't. I I yeah. look that first when she first pops on the screen, it was a lot, but eventually I fell in love with it. I can't stand her talking at all. The whole movie. When they're on that golf course, uh, it's like jarring at first. <laughs> By the second scene, I love it. I, I, I would have preferred she watched her later movies. So that we could have got a little bit of things like this. <laughs> I would have preferred this. It ha- that happens once. <laughs> you don't understand how much I love you. How it is. <laughs> But it hurts to love you, how it is. It hurts. Am I British? No, I'm from Connecticut, which that's where I'm from. But she <laughs> actually worked so. with a vocal court, co- vocal court, Jesus. Court. Look, my, my transatlantic accent is, is fighting my real... It's getting a little hard for him to say simple words. Maybe we'd cut that transatlantic thing off. You're a little too far in the weeds there, Tiff. She worked with a vocal coach to, to, to get her uh, New England accent down because it was like Catherine Hepburn's, I, you know, she's so iconic. So, you know, she wanted to get it right. So she studied her, her, her vocal cadence and her physical cadence to get everything down. She and did she move too much like her. So yeah. I'll, I'll give her that. Look, she put that work in and she got it. This was originally supposed to be Nicole Kidman's role, but oh. like. Filming got moved and she couldn't do it anymore. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Scorsese insists that Kate Blanchett was his original choice from the jump, but <laughs> I mean everybody everybody likes to go, Yep, the it was good. That's what I meant to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't remember Nicole Kidman before her current nose, so I can't picture it. Ah yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess neither do I. She always got she got the to me I, I call it the bewitched nose because I always picture her like twinkling but that wasn't even her in that movie right <laughs> that was uh shoot that was uh the one that was married to tom cruise that's nicole kidman maybe it was nicole kidman oh maybe it was nicole kidman in the not in the movie not the show obviously in the show yeah. the old, but you know but, here yeah. let me look on my oh, letterbox in the movie or the show in the show in the movie no no oh, in the the, movie. In the, okay I, in the movie it might have been her it might have been her Maybe that's why I call it the Bewitched Nose, because I can literally see her doing the wiggle. Anyway, <laughs> that was a tangent. Uh, so, Catherine Hepburn, <laughs> she tells uh, Howard he's deaf to his face, and they're both <laughs> eccentric as shit, but in different ways, and it meshes. So, we get a scene at another club where he try, like he, he takes her out to dinner, and he's, he's trying to eat dinner, but then his publicist dude, Johnny Mayer, comes over with Errol Flynn, played by Jude Law. <laughs> and, and this this fucking scene, I felt for him. 
Uh, they they yeah. wrote on him and they killed the mood with all this Hollywood talk and like you should come out to the yacht and do this and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that and Jude Law stretches across he takes the there's like a lamp in the middle of the table he takes the lampshade off then Which, stretches why? across the table and and Howard just gets his food it's a giant honking steak and fourteen specifically placed individual pea peas in a four by four grid pattern. Like they clearly did a thing. Yeah. It was well placed. It was like, this guy knows what the hell he wants. Do it, please. And we also see a steak is well done, which is a sin, but we'll get to that later. Um, Jude Law stretches across and take, just snatches a single pea. And when he snatches the pea, the other peas get moved around too. And And the rest of the scene Howard is sitting there trying his best to hold it together. <laughs> and you said at some point he just pushes the plate. And he's like, I can't. Like even. he might as well have spit on his steak. Yeah. That's the way he looked. It was like, nah, who, whether or not he was eccentric, it's still like, who are you? Why did you touch my food? Yeah. You don't right. do that to anybody. No but, one. You know, like you got to at least hit him with a, could I get one of those? You didn't he do he do anything like that. He starts smoking over y'all yep. and just loud. <laughs> Look, we might not have had the thing happen where they come and take some shit off our plate, but we all had that like we're out to eat somewhere and then somebody you really ain't trying to have at your table come to your table and just kill the atmosphere. Absolutely. <laughs> that shit is wild. So but anyway, the whole time this is happening, Catherine is watching Howard and like she's taking it all in and was just like it's like she's observing him and she realizes how how he's trying his best to hold it together. So she's like she takes him and they leave and it's all right, we got some place to be and they dip out. And I love it because like she's actually paying attention to him as a person and don't nobody else do that. <laughs> or at least they just ignore it because he's their boss. And you know, you're not gonna tell the boss, hey man, you weird as shit. <laughs> She's the only person who ever like oh lord talks straight up weird weird uh thing that I noticed during this scene, which mm-hmm. everybody else is probably like Tim to shut up this dumb. Uh, Errol Flynn starts talking about how great Catalina is and how everybody should go right next to Adam Scott, <laughs> who played the stepbrother or a brother in Step Brothers. And his whole goal was to get people to, to go the to the, Catal- <laughs> the Catalina fucking wine mixer. Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> I noticed that immediately. It was like, he doesn't look that interested. That's weird. You think he would be more excited? <laughs> fucking Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I want to go. And this came before Step Brothers. Way before. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> but this is like real life. Let's call let's call it an Easter egg in Step Brothers. <laughs> that part of Step Brothers where they do the callback to the aviator. Right, it's not a callback. <laughs> let me just let me just throw this on my letterbox. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Howard uh, Howard takes Catherine up in his plane for a flight over L.A. at night, and like we see how smooth my boy is. <laughs> Tim, you trying to do that? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll do my best transatlantic Catherine. <laughs> oh no, please! Uh, 
<laughs> Howard, Ooh. yeah. There's a rather alarming mountain headed our way. No, that was the best. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually, the, I loved that part because it was like, he's just like, you know what to do. Pull up on the wheel, let's smidge. <laughs> She's yeah. like, I've literally never flown a plane before. Look, you like, just you just got up and left. He's like, to me. get some milk. He's like, there's some milk back here. <laughs> just all about that. Milk. All about that milk. Oh man. <laughs> but yeah, like that was smooth. Like how we, how we came down and like, look, hey man, my boy got moves. Anyway, <laughs> of course, this uh, results in winning Catherine over. And I wanted to point out the nice transition from him like running his hands across her back to running his hands across the, oh. the uh, smooth plane because he, <laughs> he he told his boy he told his boy Odie that like he wanted flush rivets. The rivets create drag and his airplanes need to have flush rivets so they decrease the drag. And like that was a thing we heard earlier. So then when he was uh getting it on with the Catherine, you see his, his hand run across the back and then it just transitions to his hand running across a, a smooth plane. <laughs> Oh, uh, cinema! Yeah, like <laughs> it was actually pretty well done edit. That I, I that's the kind of thing I see, and I'm like, was that on purpose, or did someone go, "Ooh, look at this!" Hey, Martin, look at this! I came up with that. No, you didn't. I just found. I was just editing this. Uh, nah, I came up with that shit. Put my name on it. Like, Damn, Martin. Let me have something. All right, head cinema cinematographer or something. I don't know. I, now I got to look up if one of them 11 Oscar noms was for editing. <laughs> like, did he get it? <laughs> Just for that scene. Right? Look. Let me have something. Look, I held on to it. Uh, but yeah, so we get a scene of him test flying the new plane, the H1 Racer. And despite crash landing in a beat field, he broke the speed record, right? Yeah. And he immediately goes uh, to see Catherine and breaks the news and like she she treats his foot and she's so proud of him she's so happy for him and like then they get vulnerable with each other and howard confesses that he gets weird feelings and sometimes he sees things he's not sure there and like catherine comforts him and reassures him you know you can handle it babe which was actually a really nice scene cuz like she mentions like her brother committed suicide and like they actually open up to each other and like i said she's the only person that like sees him you know, in Avatar language, I see you, Jake Sully, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so five years later, Howard beats the record for flying around the Earth in four years. And while he was flying, he bought the airline TWA because, as we previously saw, he wanted to buy an airline so he could circumvent the business bureaucracy so he could push the envelope with uh, aviation and commercial flights by designing better passenger planes. Man. I'm not sure if this is exactly where it should be in the timeline because the movie jumps between like three storylines a little bit, but it's all right. Mm-hmm. Point is, he owned TWA. Uh, so... Uh, at the premiere of one of Catherine's movies, we see Howard get more attention on the red carpet than she does, and she goes uh, off to talk to folks, leaving him alone. And like this is when we get the first glimpse of Ava Gardner, played by Kate Blanchett, casually walking by and whispering to Howard, "Don't worry, Howard. She's just working the room. She's doing her job." <laughs> so then we get the first bathroom scene. Like there's there's like th- Boy. there's several iconic scenes from the movie, but. 
of the handful, there's two iconic bathroom scenes of him being OCD as shit. But he had OCD though. Yeah, I mean, yes, mm. but like they they did it. They showed it in such a way that it was like, damn. <laughs> but I'm not making fun of him because no. that's me. Like, that's not, not you. Not full on OCD, not, but I'm me, not... me in a public bathroom. Mm. I am scared for my fucking life. Bro, like, <laughs> uh, not not revealing too much about my real job, but like, the motherfuckers be taking the meanest of shits, and like, I, I, I man, I see, I, I be getting mad in the in a public bathroom. Like, you make me smell this shit, and I, I, I'm, a, I'm gonna go on, I'm gonna piggyback on what you're saying. When I have to number two, I do it. I don't know. That's just the way I came up. But I check the bathroom first. If the if the if it is smoked out, <laughs> I peace out. I don't I don't add to uh, chaos. I I move along. <laughs> but I have literally walked into a thing and just been like, "You do not do this at home. What is your problem? Look. If you are nervous about, if you are gun shy." Do not come in here and make this worse for everybody else. Man. What in the world? Look, I I work with some nasty dudes. I'm talking like not even it's not even all have to do with like taking shits. Like maybe like boogers in front of the urinals because just not rocking no. in while they take a oh. boogers. Mm, I yeah. watched a guy one man, time man. digging up there and just wipe it yeah. on the on the bus window and i was Jerry just like a, her, her look at her soul leave her body right now look at her. no like <laughs> like i was two seats away and i watched this guy do this and like he's like sitting like this <laughs> look, no no thanks look both of these bathroom scenes i like, I, I, I understand howard mm-hmm. i get it there are people out in the world with no no regard for the rest of us Ugh, oh my goodness i, I understand so being a germaphobe and like he legit has is a germaphobe and has OCD and like he's he's kind of a hypochondriac. I could not remember that fucking word while I was typing these. Ah. But he, yeah, he's kind of a hypochondriac or kind he's, a, he's very much a hypochondriac. All that combined, one of the worst things to be in is a public bathroom. So <laughs> we get these two iconic bathroom scenes. So the first time in this one, uh, Howard goes to the bathroom to wash his hands uh, with his own soap he carries around, mind you. In, in a little in a little mint tin <laughs> yeah i think it's like the all back then the all natural soap or black soap was made out of tar or something i don't know if it's still made out of tar but anyway it's it's, it's black soap probably has a different meaning now than it did in 1920 whatever you might call it african-american soap now <laughs> yeah i don't think he was fucking with the african-american <laughs> soap back then <laughs> uh <laughs> just being honest uh yeah and then uh yeah, so he, he goes to wash his hands, and then the toilet flushes, and you see this boy go pale because he thought he was by himself in there. Because mm-hmm. now, in his head, okay, he just went in there to wash his hands and get out. But now, he know he's in a room with somebody else that was taking a shit. Yep. It's like, <laughs> well, great. And then the dude comes out with a crutch. So that, <laughs> and that, and that, You know that mess with his cholera uh, <laughs> fear. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like immediately, it was like, "What? Oh, he's not oh, healthy. He's... Some, yeah, why? Yep. Why need that crush?" <laughs> and then he goes on his left side. The guy that that came out the stall goes to wash his hand to the immediate left sink of Howard, but to the right is where the hand towels are. 
So he washes his hands, and the whole time Howard is like starting to break out in a sweat. <laughs> like it's like he's pretending to be invisible. I don't know. And then the dude asks him, Could you hand me a hand towel? <laughs> and Howard's like I, I, I'm I'm I, I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> look. <laughs> so he he looks at him up and down like, uh. so with his crutch, <laughs> he makes his way over to the other side and gets his own hand towel, and like he finally leaves and like Howard like lets out a deep breath like he was holding his breath the whole time. <laughs> I feel for you, Howard. I get it. I understand. I mean, I would have just handed him the towel, but. <laughs> I mean, you got a little control over that, you know. Yeah. You could just chuck it at him or, like, drop it on the sink. You don't have to make contact. Look, <laughs> you could have gotten out the way. <laughs> so he could have stretched over. Anyway, so when he comes back outside, uh, Catherine apologizes. Side note, she knew what she was doing. Like, she felt some type of way yeah. about more attention being on him. It's like, so oh, you you got, you got you think you're cool? I'm going to go hang out with these people. Yeah, look you at can't you. can't do that. Suffering, standing in the corner. All awkward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mr. Popular. <laughs> Fuck you, Howard. Who's cool now? <laughs> I love Catherine, but she definitely knew what she was doing in this moment. Like, was... <laughs> Next, we get a scene with Catherine, and she, she takes Howard to meet her family. And you think she's eccentric for no reason? Nah, she gets it on us. Oh, boy. Oh, family weird. So they're, they're driving up to the house to meet uh, her family, have dinner with her family, and some dude like calls out to him or how it's like who's that and she's like oh that's my just my ex-husband ludwig <sighs> and he's like, <laughs> i forgot damn it i forgot what he said it was like oh hell no or like what the hell like it was really funny but so they they're having dinner and they all overwhelm howard and he snaps back at the dinner table and he's like you all don't care about money because you always had it and he dips and like he goes outside to like play like what is that not polo squash uh, <laughs> so what was he was throwing around? Yeah, yeah I don't mallet, remember. I know, and, and, and a ball. And then he was like, oh, the ball. Uh, I think it was, uh, what, I don't remember what that shit is. <laughs> Bug, Bugs Bunny ass fucking <laughs> hit the ball with a mallet. So uh, Catherine okay. comes out and she's like, you're okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, croquet. Uh, Catherine comes out and is like, you're not supposed to use your feet, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> But she comforts him because she understood. Like, before she came out, she was like, you're just all a fine bunch of bullies, aren't you? Like, you like this too. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you get it, honest. <laughs> but yeah, so then we get a scene <laughs> with the MPAA, or they changed their name. What they used to be called. The folks who rate movies on, uh, uh, uh not rate, but like, yeah, get, yeah, rate for like content. Yeah. The censor board. <laughs> yeah. Of sorts. They were upset with Howard because he was trying to put out a movie that featured Jane Russell's boobs <laughs> prominently. And so he brings <laughs> on the meteorologist to pretend to be a different kind of professor or scientist or something. You're a doctor, right? right? So <laughs> To like try and give them a scientific explanation of why he needs to put titties in the movie. <laughs> I mean, like he rolls them, though. The scientist for a minute is like, what do you want me to do? And he just kind of looks at him like, He's like, here's here. Don't forget your apparatus. I forgot what that little thing is called. Yeah. Calipers. (laughs) Calipers. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's like, okay, so, um, here's some booby science. (laughs) I was like, he, he just rolled with it. Just like, uh, Uh, well, you know, judging by these pictures, this much cleavage was being shown 
on this movie. You didn't have a problem with that. And that's equal to the amount of cleavage in this movie. Like, can you imagine just sitting there like, all right, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't like you. Just, this is semantic. You little bitch. What the hell? Oh, man. But yeah, it's it just... too late. You, you. This scene is just the way he kind of rolled everything. Though. Yeah, it, it, it's to show you like he always got his way one way or another and then if you're on his side or like you're with him you're one of his people he'll drag you along and you just kind of gotta (laughs) because that man is a meteorologist (laughs) he just said why not he brought his ass up to hollywood (laughs) why he he gotta use man (laughs) because he even gave him a fake name and everything (laughs) But yeah, so then we get uh, Howard and Catherine arguing because Howard keeps ending up in tabloids with other women. And he accuses her of being jealous uh, that she's not getting the attention. Like, that's why we need that other scene. Then the phone rings and Catherine's like, don't, don't. (laughs) Like, well, not just him being, the issue isn't just him being with other women. It's that he's also like a workaholic. And so the phone rings and she's like, don't you dare. And Howard picks it up just out of spite <laughs> and starts talking about planes. So she storms out and she goes to a movie set where she bumps into this dude who actually works for, his name is Juan Tripp, played by Alec Baldwin, who's the, he runs Pan Am Airlines. And because Howard bought TWA, he's the enemy. So he sends one of his dudes out to like dig up dirt on Howard. And like he would just happen to be there at the right moment when Catherine shows up to a movie set pissed off at Howard. So yeah, so Howard got enemies scheming against him now. But eventually Catherine tells him, like, this is this is not the same day, it's say later on. Uh, eventually Catherine tells him that she fell in love with someone else and she's moving out. You're two alike, you and I. Look, Katie, stop acting. Oh, 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 I should have made you do this part. This is when I was telling you she does that. <laughs> Oh, 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 I'm not acting. (laughs) And I wonder if you even know anymore. You're a movie star. Nothing more. Mm, That hurt. That hurt me. That's the kind of of stuff you can't say with other people in the room because the entire rest of the room is going to look like Scott Pilgrim's friends when he messed (laughs) up in in, uh, Act 3. I know. (laughs) The whole room goes quiet. You hear the gas. Oh man, but yeah. So bouncing off of Catherine Howard gets to gets with a fifteen year old actress, Faith. Uh, what's the name? The Demurg. 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 Okay. Side note: I honestly knew I knew it was coming. We we couldn't make it through the life of a rich person from the forties without this being part of it. I knew it was coming, but I was still like, <laughs> Dad, dog, dog, no, sir, my, my dude, my dude. How old are you? Mm. 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 No. How 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 old are you? Mm-mm. Where's where's my hug? Uh. Wait, what were you talking about? Just Howard and his like like wow, you're a great actress, really good. You come highly commended. How old are you? Uh. Oh yeah, they made sure you knew like. <laughs> don't take this the wrong way or out of context, but I like this part because Scorsese made you know that that shit's weird. Mm-hmm. Cause <laughs> like the way he interviews her at first, 
Yeah. And they're just alone in the in the set or whatever. And the whole thing is just creepy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> During this, I should say, like, just side note, I don't know if this needs to stay in or not. During this movie, I would pause it for a second and look up details just because I was curious. Mm-hmm. Stuff about the plane, stuff about some of the people you uh, uh, interacted with. When I got to this, I was like, hold up. Let me see, because I just want to know where this went. Historically, everything else says she was 16 when they met. Yeah. Which makes me feel like Scorsese was like, nah, we telling the truth today. <laughs> <laughs> like every other thing I found said 16. I was like, mm, that's a, that's nice and convenient way y'all just threw a little drapes over that. Like, <laughs> you know, what's, what's, what's 15 and three quarters anyway? <laughs> what's, the, what's the difference? She, she practically 18. No, nope, no, nope. you can't, you can't round up like that. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So he gets with the, the kid. Oh, I'm rephrase that. Yeah. I grossed my own self out. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they go out to dinner and Juan Tripp, who I mentioned earlier, drops by the table and goads Howard into revealing TWA's plan for international flights to Europe. <laughs> Like, why would you just... Yeah, and uh, I didn't mention him, but uh, that character, uh, he's at dinner with uh, one of his employees who, like, handles business for him. And after Juan, like, leaves with the information he got, he he, he, uh, fusses Howard out. Like, why the fuck would you tell him what, like, our our plans? And Howard's like, he he tries to, like, he deflects. He says, like, well, he knew... They're, they're using buttons in their plane for, for this specific thing. So that must mean that we have a spy because we're using buttons. <laughs> some, you know, some bullshit like men with egos, like he just can't admit he fucked up because he definitely like Alec was pushing those buttons. They're turn. They're using planes. I wanted to find out if they got that idea from us. No. I actually really liked him as a villain in this because there's another scene later on where he, every time he's on the screen talking to Howard, he's just fucking with him. Like, <laughs> he's trying to get him to break. Like, he, remember, he, he's, when, he's, <sighs> when he sent the dude out to find out dirt on him, it was so he can learn to fuck with him for moments mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. <laughs> just diabolical. So then we get bathroom scene number two. <laughs> He goes into the bathroom and he scrubs his hands because he had to shake uh, Juan Tripp's hand, I guess. And he's scrubbing his hands and he's like scrubbing it hard because he's mad because, you know, he just fucked up. And he's scrubbing it so hard that eventually his like fingernail like nicks himself and he keeps going and he nicks Ugh. himself again. So now his hands are bleeding. And so he has to keep washing his hands because his hands are bleeding, but he's making his hands bleed more. <laughs> he keeps going and he keeps drying his hands because... And then he sees, like, the blood is still coming, so he has to start washing again. And eventually, he gets him clean enough, right? And so he goes to leave, but the door, it's a doorknob. And he can't touch the doorknob because it has bathroom germs on it. He use up all the rags. All All the the rags are gone. (laughs) Horror movie. (laughs) So I also have a paper towel, and I grab the door to leave the bathroom, too. And when I can't, I try to, like, use my foot or something. <laughs> like, I understand. Mm. And if I have no other choice, then I'll, like, use my pinky. But 
<laughs> Howard's uncompromised, so he wasn't going to use his pinky. I mean, it was it was like the twist doorknob anyway. So you got to use your cool. left hand. Yep. <laughs> and then we, the first person you see out of the bathroom, you pat him on the back. Like, hey, how you been? <laughs> <laughs> so what does he do? He stands on the wall until somebody comes in. Then he slides out before the door can close. <laughs> I want to edit that whole scene to where it sounds like, uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name with all the, the weird... Wow, I can't even think that. You know, okay, I pull up. Just you know, like oh, I just want him, I just want him coming out. Yeah. So when the door opens up, it's like loud. He slips out. It have very like chilling at the con, waiting for things to be cool and like dip out when nobody knows you're there. Kind of feeling. You should do it. I appreciate all of your uh, after party uh, <laughs> TikToks. <laughs> So then uh, we see Hughes going out with Ava Gardner, who we saw lurking earlier at the movie premiere, Kate Beckinsale. Man. (laughs) So I guess she was one of his side chicks because, like, they clearly, like, we don't see him court her or anything. They're just already, like, he's watching her get dressed and then he's driving her to where they're going to go for dinner. And their car gets hit by another car and another car is is, is Faith. 16 year 15 <laughs> the not old enough girl uh she, she at least knows how to drive but damn and she old enough to get a license right <laughs> uh she's screaming like she's screaming at ava gardner because mm-hmm. you know she's not mad yeah. at howard for cheating on her she mad at the side chick <laughs> and, you know paparazzi paparazzi the uh, paparazzi jesus christ paparazzi <laughs> No, 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 no. No, that's too far in the other direction. The paparazzi. The paparazzi. pounces um, on the scene and gets pictures of all of it, right? Uh, and like, uh, Ava gets out the car, and that's when we get the line, Get that crazy bitch away from me! <laughs> Man, I'm not really commenting on Kate Beckinsale's acting ability ability everything i've seen her in she was she never did a bad job but also don't regard her as like oh my gosh she's such an amazing actress kind of deal Mm. the way she sold this fucking line (laughs) uh, maybe i just haven't seen the right stuff but anyway the way she sold this (laughs) line i was like look give that lady like a piece of an oscar give her like just a chip it's just a little it's a miniature one have that big it's like an oscar pop figurine yeah like (laughs) Catherine was the main girl but (laughs) ava was number two and just for that line alone (laughs) get that crazy bitch away from me (laughs) oh shit leah so after this we get a scene with a cameo from Willem Dafoe as a reporter who is about to publish photos of Catherine and her new man, who is another actor named uh, Spencer Tracy. But Tracy is married, and Howard still loves Catherine. Remember I said Catherine's best girl. And even though they broke up very nasty, because, you know, hurt people hurt people. I don't know, something like that. Uh, <laughs> he still loves her. So he somehow gets wind that this is about to happen. And he bribes the reporter with TWA shares. And mind you, he's still negotiating. He was like, I'll give you 10000 Or I'll <sighs> give you uh, some TWA shares to keep that story out the public. Also, I know this, this, and this about you. And uh, you're going to do this for me. And Willem Dafoe is like, 50,000 shares. He's like, 10000 
like, right. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like he was like real strong about it. He was like, I'll right. do it for 50,000 shares. He was like, no, 10,000. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, you that's know I'm fine. something of a scumbag okay. myself. <laughs> I, I got you. You're a better negotiator than I am. <laughs> yeah. I'm something of a scumbag myself. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. So he still loves Catherine, and he's looking out from her, or looking out for her from the shadows. So that's nice, at least. Then we get a scene where Howard's brain breaks. <laughs> Poor Howard. <laughs> Where he's talking plain production with this guy, Odie, and trying to decide on what steering wheel to use for the big plane that he's working on. And he noticed a suspicious looking custodian in Howard's defense. Why was he looking at him like that? He was kind of overdoing it, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 he was overdoing it. It was like the dog with the shifty eyes. Like, <laughs> what's that dog doing? <laughs> He had a suspicious looking uh, custodian and like his paranoia starts to infiltrate his thoughts and then he gets stuck saying show me the blueprints like his OCD like goes in overdrive oh. it's like show all right show me the blueprints show me the blueprints show me the blueprints show me sh- show me all the blueprints show me all the blueprints show me all the blueprints it's like and, whoa this episode yeah. <laughs> this episode of Rick and Morty is weird so he he like he runs away to his car and then he spells out quarantine to regain control. He had to run to his car and he was like, all right, I N D E P E. Give me one sec. Cause my OCD is triggering me. Stop making OCD jokes. <laughs> it's 2023. You're trying to get canceled. <laughs> Uh, you're right. I know, my, but like, be careful. <laughs> my undiagnosed ass is over here, just like, oh, right, we're not supposed to be saying, we're not even supposed to say crazy no more. No, crazy. <laughs> you can't call people crazy. You can't, like, OT, people get, people with genuine OCD, like, think people are actually going to die if they don't do it. Like, you're really offended mm-hmm. when you're like, I have OCD. I can't stand when my hands are dirty. Like, no, it's not the same. Like, I have OCD. I don't like when my pop figurines aren't, you know, looking at each other the right way (laughs) right like (laughs) you have actual ocd you think if your pop is turned the wrong way your mother's gonna die like that's it's that that. it's that there is no between (laughs) there's no in between (laughs) um weird weird jump like people thought that jack nicholson in um i think it was as good as it gets he played a person with ocd and they thought he like overdid it because there was like at one point he was like outside and he was like sweating yeah he didn't want to step on the wrong part of the street yeah and he gives up and like runs back inside <laughs> and he like does a bunch of like different little rituals in a row people were like oh you're really overdoing it and i was like no, no. That, <laughs> that's I was like, that's a little too accurate is the problem. I'm, I'm wondering if they just filmed him trying to get ready. Right? It's like, like you ready he, you ready for the scene? I knocked your toothpicks over. <laughs> and damn it. Because he played that really well. Yeah. Yeah. The whole time I was like, oh, I don't want to feel bad for this guy. But now I do. Oh, no. Well, because he was also an ass in that movie. He's but... always an ass. <laughs> Leonardo's always trying to get away with some shit. <laughs> Yes. Jack's always an asshole. Always an asshole. <laughs> mm-hmm. So now would be a good time for me to apologize. I'm sorry if I offended anyone. I'm not Howard Hughes. I apologize. <laughs> but also a good time to point out that 
Leo studied with a guy with OCD named Edward to uh, make sure he was uh, doing things properly. I mean, Leo's OCD. I I felt I felt bad for that man most of the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt bad for him too. Okay, so. So in the 1940s, Howard lands two contracts with the Army Air Forces, one for a spy aircraft and another for a troop transport unit for use in World War II. In 1947, the transport plane is still under construction, but Howard gets uh, to test fly the spy plane. The transport plane is the Hercules, Uh, a spruce goose. That plane. I knew a lot about the spruce goose, but I didn't know before this, I didn't know it was an Army plane. I didn't yeah. know that was the purpose. That, I just like, thought he was why like, it came about. Yeah, I thought he was like big plane. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I thought that's all it was because he was a little eccentric. But I, yeah, knowing it, it was going to be a transport vehicle makes a lot more sense. If this was Trump, then he would have. I mean, it makes sense. For he would have. Yeah, I just would have. <laughs> definitely would have yeah. been like. A, I made my spruce evil. goose out of out of aluminum like a man, <laughs> a man's man. So the, the big plane's on, under construction, but he gets to test the spy plane. And uh, while in the air, everything's going good. Engine fails. One engine fails. And uh, <laughs> this is my favorite scene in the fucking movie. <laughs> it's wild. It is wild. It is wild. Because one, this is a true story. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, anyway, so the engine fails, and he's trying to hold it up, but he, you know, he's radioing down to Odie, and he's like, hey, the, 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 the plane's pitching this way, and I'm trying to get it straight. I'm going to go down, buddy. I'm going to go. I'm going to crash. <laughs> he's, he's like, okay, I'm going to try to shoot for the whatever country club golf course, and he's over Beverly Hills, and he doesn't quite hit the golf course. In fact, he, yeah. <laughs> he overshoots the golf course and then goes through houses Mm -hmm. this is another thing i looked up Mm -hmm. oh god yeah the the, they they based all of their wreckage on like actual photos that Mm -hmm. exist oh my gosh holy shit the part where you see the the wings slicing through the house yes like that it that's a real all of yeah one the houses he went through was an actor's house or two actors' Mm -hmm. house and he went through the bedroom, but luckily they were downstairs in the living room. Otherwise, they would have died. Terrifying. Like, right? Mm-hmm. Man. So You don't even get on planes after that. You'd be like, nope. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm not safe anywhere. No. <laughs> you minding your business? What are they watching? I Love Lucy? I don't know. And like... <laughs> yeah. Howard, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> So look, all I could think of watching this the third time or whatever is this happened with Harrison Ford, I think. Not to this degree, but he has like an old World War II plane that he got just for fun that still kind of works. <sighs> he thought worked. And he was up he was up in this in the sky and the shit stopped working and he crash landed it and he could have killed some people, but he didn't. Like he almost took some people out. And they're just like, God damn it, these rich people, like, you just, here you are in your old ass spy plane, or <laughs> right. your World War II plane, just for shits and giggles, almost killing people. <laughs> you gotta give old uh, Saturday Night Fever some credit. He <laughs> wanted to become a pilot. All that stuff from Look Who's Talking is 
like just he wanted to be a pilot for real. So he fly. Are he you can fly about planes. John Travolta. Yeah, he yeah. can fly planes. Oh yeah, he, he used has- to have a hangar here in Wilmington, or like at least a place where he kept some of his planes. Mm. He is not out there like. I'm going to take the goofiest, stupidest, shittiest plane I can into the sky. No, it's like new shit. Like, <laughs> that's it's like his mansion. And he, he lives apparently somewhere in Florida. Of course, there is a community of mansions with on a property or subdivision or something with a runway. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's what's fly, here. We fly yeah. almost everywhere. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's so what's that's, here. Oh, so it's not, it's there's North one of those Carolina. here, but okay. there's, there's a couple in Florida. One of those is in this town and there's like, just a bunch of houses and a runway down the middle of it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a private runway, and you could just be like, "Oh, I just kind of feel like maybe uh, shooting over down the coast to get some, you know, eggs Benedict in Florida." Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. yep. from, from like, just like you got uh-huh. like houses that are like next to like rivers or inlets where mm-hmm. they have bo- boats in the backyard, and they can eventually sail out. It's a runway with with more runways that lead into their properties. Like wow, yeah, but yeah. Y'all. So oh y'all, Howard fell out the sky and crashed in the Beverly Hills. That's not where he wanted to be. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> I knew that joke was coming. As soon you, as you had that wait. Yeah, locked and loaded in your body. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he crash lands right through the houses and there, there's fire the explosions he tries to like push the thing out but it's hot because of the fire he burns his hands like he doesn't i don't know if you notice motherfucker didn't even have a seat belt on so like when he crashed he was just rattling up like the the, the freaking wheel crushed Ugh. his chest mm-hmm. like Man, and then they, of course, like they filmed the shit out of this because, like, every after this, when he's in the hospital, the doctor goes through all of his injuries, and you see all of his injuries happen in the crash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wild as shit. So he gets pulled from the wreckage by this army dude, and all he can muster is like, "I'm Howard Hughes." <laughs> like, all right then. Yeah, that's what I would have said if I was the army dude. All right. You dying? Look, that's we got. We got bigger fish to fry. Look, we just gotta just gotta try to make sure you're all right, man. But yeah, so the doctor says he has burns on seventy eight percent of his body. Nine ribs are shattered, not broken, shattered, and as are his nose and his chin, his cheek and his left elbow. He has sixty lacerations on his face to the bone. His chest was crushed and his left lung is collapsed and his heart has shifted to the right side of his chest cavity. And he's telling the, the doctor's telling this to uh, Noah Dietrich and Noah's just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's what, that's what I said you, too. And how, you, he, how are you supposed to do the star spangled banner now? Oh no. Legend is all messed up. <laughs> oh say oh say uh which one? <laughs> so Doctor tells him he's getting a blood transfusion right now and Noah's like whose blood? I'm saying doctor's like, I'm sorry? He's like, Who whose blood? Where's it from? He's like, from our stock. Oh, he's not gonna like that. Like that. <laughs> he's not gonna like that. <laughs> he's like, Mr. Dietrich, I doubt whether he's gonna like or dislike anything ever again. <laughs> like, my man's is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Howard's awake now, and Odie tells Howard that the Air Force canceled the contract for the Hercules because the war's over. Remember I said it was 1947? Yep. Uh, The war's over, and uh, then we find out that they're still six months out and seven million away from finishing it anyway. Uh, But Howard's like, keep building it. And Noah tells them that that there was a Constellation crash. The Constellation is the type of plane that he had bought 40 of <laughs> for TWA <laughs> love it from Lockheed. So they and they were already in the hole for that. And one just crashed. So FAA grounded all of the constellations. <laughs> so TWA ain't making money. The aircraft company ain't making money. Like maybe he should have stuck to movies. I Man. mean, that took him how many years in, and- <laughs> <laughs> he won't well, do it very well at that either. <laughs> It's like I make a movie about planes. He has a Yo, business. Empire. I'm gonna make planes now. Like, mm, well, <laughs> but like that's probably what he was like. He, he's at some point he said, "Look, we'll make it back." And they're like looking at him like, "Nigga, what?" Like, <laughs> so, look, we'll make it back. <laughs> that's wild. So later on, like he's starting to get a bit better. <laughs> we see Ava Gardner uh, snapping on Howard because she found his a microphone under her bed. <laughs> and bro howard confesses that there's bugs all over the house and he's tapping her phones too and like she cusses him out and the phone in the basement <laughs> to tap the bed and the phone in the basement <laughs> so, so uh they cussing each other out and uh, uh ava bashes him across the head with an ashtray this is real i know it's a biopic and it's implied <laughs> everything's real but i just need to specify her bashing his head in with the ashtray is real. Uh, ex- only difference is it happened in somebody else's house, and he had it cleaned up. But there was like blood splatter. Oh, can't, can't hurt him no more than he already hurt. <laughs> what you what you gonna do? Look, Knock his brains back into imagine, working right? You survived crashing a spy plane through seven Beverly Hill houses and the plane blowing up on the floor. Just to die from an ashtray across the because <laughs> you because you, you assaulted this woman. <laughs> That's some shit, deserving shit. But yeah, he didn't die. But still, it's funny. Um, I mean, nothing's funny about domestic violence. This shit no. was funny. I'm sorry. She bashed that nigga across the face with the ashtray. <laughs> Granted, he was he was insulting her like, and she just found yeah. that he was tapping her shit. Yeah. He, he, he deserved it. But I love you, baby. Fuck. He's out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and once again, this the the get that crazy bitch away from me. And then this line from Ava, uh, or Kate Beckinsale. Uh, Everyone told me you were goddamn demented and I should have listened. <laughs> 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 uh, so she kicks him out. And then to add insult to injury, when he gets outside, his driver tells him that the FBI is at his house searching for war profiteering evidence. <sighs> it's like, buh. Can't catch like, a break. Can't, can the, can, can my dude take a nap? Man. <laughs> Just like a minute. Oh, <laughs> uh, he brought it all on himself. I mean, a little, well, a little bit. Well, this wasn't all him. This, cause this is one trip. Yeah. So yeah. Senator, Bru- Senator, Bu- uh, Buster, Brewster, uh, the the crony from Wan Trip, or sorry, a crony from Wan Trip, uh, he's the one behind the FBI raid, and he invites Howard over for dinner, where he tries to blackmail him into selling TWA to Pan Am, 
so the investigation uh, findings wouldn't go public. And Howard responds with, <laughs> this is my favorite Howard line, uh, you could tell Juan Tripp something for me. Thanks for the flowers. And he can kiss both sides of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> the way he did his head. <laughs> that was him admitting that uh, that part of him is still complete. Look, <laughs> he's proud of it. <laughs> I still I still have this. Look, I got a nipple burnt off, but I got most <laughs> of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I have a random but related question. Sure. Mm. I don't know why after all these viewings, I'm just processing that this man's name is Juan Trip. Yeah, that's a whole white man. Mm. Okay, just checking. Thanks. That, you, you saw where I was going. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He, he's just like, he's, he's like, listen, Howard. I just want to let you know, do what you want to do, but if you Juan Trip, I'm here for it. <laughs> do some historic nerd rapping like just throw that in there like you think you're howard hughes i'm here if you want a trip okay oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so howard's ocd uh, increases and he locks himself away uh in his movie room it's not in his house it's like at the company and yeah Catherine pays him a visit, but he refuses to let her in. Uh, I can hear, or he goes, I can hear you, Katie. I could always hear you. Even in the cockpit with engines on, I can hear you. And she's like, that's because I'm so goddamn loud. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and Catherine tell, tells him she loves her new dude, but she still wants to go flying and she still cares about Howard. And Howard realizes she no, she's no longer his and he has no chance. And as a viewer, we're seeing Howard sit in the fetal position, leaning up against the door. And like Catherine's talking, but she gets quieter and quieter and quieter. And like that was a cool little representation of like her leaving him. Uh, yeah. Or at least him pushing her away. Letting it go. Yeah, letting it go. Yeah. Uh, my boy was going through it in that damn movie room. He was collecting his piss in 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 the old milk bottles. Like I know that room smelled wild. He was in there for three months. Mm-hmm. Three months. Yeah. And he's not in his house. He's at the studio or whatever. So he and he ain't come out for three. Man, they probably could smell that I- from the hallway. I can imagine the person who was assigned to clean up after he finally came out Look. was just like, here's my resignation. Mm. No. <laughs> Absolutely I'm going to not. MGM. I'm going to mm. Paramount. I'm d- Man. <laughs> it's like that guy that was staring at him while he was sweeping was right. We were all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> man. Look. So, yeah. So, then Howard gets a visit from Juan Tripp. <laughs> Who's, I can't hear it now. Who's there to convince Howard to sell TWA from him? And like we said, Juan Trip is a whole fucking asshole. Mm. And he's also there to troll him, right? So, and like kind of just rub it in his face that, you know, he's in this state. 
and like he's purposely blowing cigar smoke through the door lock and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, uh, sell, you know, sell TWA to me for this much. And he's like, it's worth three times or it's worth this much. And he's like, nah, well, my stock is trading at three yeah. times. <laughs> that was that was cool. Uh, that, that's not, that's not right. <laughs> not now. what the uh, stocks say. Uh, <laughs> like the whole time they're both like keeping their cool. Well, Juan, Juan doesn't have a reason to lose his cool because he know he got it. He showed up there knowing that Howard's suffering and like Howard trying to hold it together. And like when it's done, Howard's like, "Well, thank you for your concern, Juan. I find that very moving." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, and eventually, he comes out and he goes to his house and he declares his house a germ-free zone. So he at least was able to leave the the, the movie room, and he looks way better at home. Probably because he has a shower at home and he clothes and shit. Uh, cause he was also in there buck ass naked. Um, he, well, he was like, I but, need us. Could you get me some shoes? Yeah, she was like, shoes? Yeah. Shoes? yeah. Yeah. Just, I just need some shoes. shoes. <laughs> At some point, uh, there's a part with him and Ava and she's like, and you always got on them damn <laughs> shoes. <laughs> no, the, the they're white, they're like white. Yeah. Plain like, white shoes. I don't know if they were supposed to be Converse or if they were um, Vans yeah. or even, even they the... They looked like white Vans, but I don't think Vans was a thing back then. I don't think Vans... They could have been Keds. I don't know how old any of the brands yeah. are. They were... Yeah, something like that. Because there was the Keds shoe that looked almost exactly like the mm-hmm. the Converse All-Star. So it could have been any number of just like simple... Yeah. It's like, But every it, just, a couple of different people were just like... What in the hell is wrong with your businessman wearing track sneakers? He'd have a suit on with these shoes, and they're mm-hmm. white canvas shoes, so they're always a little dirty. <laughs> he, he was changing the game. Yeah, look, sneakerhead Howard Hughes. <laughs> right today, we'd be like, "Oh, that's fire!" But yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'd be up there. He, he, he got he got seventeen pairs of uh, of Air Ones. <laughs> he wears with dress clothes now as like a statement, like a style, mm-hmm. but. Howard Hughes was on that in 1947. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. y'all know how we hype do. Hype beast. It's <laughs> hype uh, beast. So, yeah. So, eventually, Howard comes out, and he, he declares his house a germ-free zone, and there's tissue stacked up in the corners because he uses tissues to touch everything now. But Ava shows up. Heavyweight champion of the world, Ava. <laughs> uh, so she still cares about him, too. So that says something. Like, even though he a piece of shit and they seemingly ended on bad terms, two of his biggest relationships, they came back mm-hmm. to check on him, you know? So Ava shows up to help him get cleaned up. And, like, he thanks her. And she says, yeah, you would have done the same for me. And so now Howard has... He, he holds it together enough, or he seems to be bouncing back, and he goes to Washington for the congressional hearing so he could fight back against uh, Senator Buster or whatever for railroading him. And eventually he turns the whole thing around uh, and putting it all back on the senator, uh, putting emphasis on his relationship with Juan Tripp, implying that Pan Am bribes him, which, you know, that's what they were doing. <laughs> then it cuts to, like, Juan Tripp in his, like, Pan Am office, and he cuts the TV off and he tells his men that the, he knows that the bill that he was trying to get passed to ban any other company from flying internationally is dead now because Howard done won, won that battle. So finally, <laughs> finally we get 
the test flight of the Hercules, the giant plane that was originally being built to transport troops for the army or well, back then it was the air force was a part of the army that we've been hearing about the whole movie and like kind of seeing him build along the way and the flight successful and everyone congratulates him and back on land he starts talking about jet engines and how that's the way of the future and how they need to start working towards getting jet engines on planes as soon as possible um and he's talking to noah and Odie. And then he starts to hallucinate, like, these men approaching him with these clean gloves on. And he tries to fight it and, like, stay in the conversation. But then he starts to break down into a panic attack. And, like, they realize what's happening. They pull him away from everybody. And they, they put him in the in the bathroom by himself. And, like, Noah runs off to get a doctor. And he's, in, just, like, in the, he's just in the bathroom. Top of the morning. Top of the morning. Top of the morning. Top of the morning. <laughs> top of the morning. Aww. <laughs> So yeah, so he's in the bathroom and he starts having flashbacks of his childhood and his love of aviation and his ambition for success and everything, but he's stuck, he's stuck in another, I don't know what you call it, but he's stuck saying the way of the future, 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 and like the movie ends on that. So. Feels. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to process that last scene, if I could make sense of it, and the best I got is like... I don't think he would have been he would have been as accomplished if he didn't have his essentials, you know? Mm. Yeah. So it's like he needed both, he needed everything to to get to where he got. It's in a way it feels like they're kind of showing that he's never really going to get control of this. Yeah. He's never really going to be yeah. 100%, but he's going to continue on in yep. in the way that he has. You know what I don't know? What happens after this? I don't know anything about him after this movie. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm assuming we got the meat and potatoes, but like I, I looked it up, and he he died very much later. It was a while, okay. But there's no telling. I I I didn't look into it as deeply to see like what kind of stuff he like accomplished after. I don't yeah. doubt he wasn't the first person to like be like, all right, ready to get in that jet plane that I designed, and they were all like, so pause. How about let's just do the averages here. And uh, no, sit down. <laughs> I'm not gonna... what's the odds of me crashing three planes <laughs> uh, on the test flight? No, sit. Let's not find out. <laughs> That's true. Thir- I didn't even think about that. Third time was the charm, at least yep. in the movie mm-hmm. for his new planes. First one crash landed in the beet field. Yep. Second one crash landed in Beverly Hills third one he finally got it and it was on water so mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, the thing floated like a boat yeah what's yeah. the worst could happen like we didn't get fast enough so we're back on the water right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so what was your favorite scene i think well, no, we already said that that did we all agree that the it was the beverly hills crash that was, yeah, that was so well orchestrated within the movie yeah. that I, like I said, like I, I had been stopping to look for things and see how real they were. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, I waited until it was completely over, just aghast <laughs> about like how much damage and destruction there was. And it was, it wasn't until the dude was like trying to pat the fire off of him and he was like, I'm Howard Hughes. I was like, oh shit, right. Let me look this one up. Like, damn. <laughs> Cherry. I think that, um, is that my favorite scene? I think it is. 
You definitely learn a lot about him from that you point. You do. The one that sticks with me the most, though, is him being stuck in that like theater room for three months. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. There, there's a shot, and I know that like that's one of those like I forgot what the word is for it, but like you know that shot is going to make it outside the movie shot, like of him in the theater room in the chair naked with yeah. the projection, <laughs> the, yeah. the projector behind it. Yeah. yeah. I should have used that as the still. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I already said I loved the, the, the crash scene. That was wild. But I also really loved him courting Kate. Like, from her just, like, telling him straight up, hey, you're deaf. <laughs> <laughs> To them in the restaurant with uh, Errol Flynn uh, fucking up his dinner. <laughs> and then him grabbing her and taking her on the uh, flight over L.A. And, you know, there's an alarming mountain coming our way. <laughs> like, smooth moves, man. And not just yeah. smooth moves because of that, but also seeing how, like I said, they're two, they're two eccentric people, but eccentric in different ways. And he finally finds somebody that really... Doug hit like understood him. They resonated. Yeah, and, it was and like kind of cool. They couldn't make it work ultimately, but she always understood him, and she came back too because you know she heard you know he's stuck in this movie theater room. She came back to try and get him out because she still cared about him, even though they ended on a a, a sour note because she understood. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> well, she's my MVP character. She's not lying. Okay, well, I'll ask this question. Who's your MVP character? I don't know. Probably him. There is nobody else that, like, even on a level where you could care about them other than, like, it's just... Favorite character and which character are you, then? We'll just go go straight in. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, they're the only two you really get to know well enough to care about if you're going to care about anybody. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's true. Um, I liked uh, Alan Alda's character. Because the yeah. entire time after you got an Oscar for that too, when when things went bad in the court, and he started to realize he was he was he was a uh, fighting a losing battle. He still pressed on. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like ah, oh, damn it! This this jackass has got me in the corner. It's like he's like oh oh, so we're worried about overspending, huh? What about everybody else to deal overspending? Uno reverse. <laughs> Like, God damn Uno reversed. I didn't know you had that. <laughs> I like Odie too. Poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. Odie was very he, faithful. He was always down. Wait a minute. Oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is Odie from Garfield named after Howard Hughes' assistant Odie? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Let's go down there. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. That would give that would be too much credit for that comic that was almost literally uh conceived to be banal oh he's a good uh, guy um okay. what was his uh accountant's name uh oh uh noah dietrich yeah Johnson he Riley? he was he was doing his best so i, I yeah. did i i gave i i gave a lot of uh my heart goes out to him for what he had to deal with Middle of the night, Howard Hughes calls you up, and your wife says, "Like, don't answer. If I don't, if I if I don't answer, he's just gonna keep calling." <laughs> right. <laughs> I answer and just give him what he wants to hear. Right. Get up in the morning and ask him again. It's not a big deal. <laughs> you want to sleep now, or do you want to sleep right now? That's the question. <laughs> 
Do we? Would you say which character you are? I'm gonna be the melted vanilla ice cream that he put down on the desk, even when she told him not to. Don't you do it? Don't you do it? Don't you put it? Howard, like, uh, in that in that respect, then I am, I am the hot rod he chose to take out Ava in that the 15 year old started wrecking with another car. Because I, I just love how she brought your attention to the car. She's just like. Most most rich men have beautiful cars to take their women out in, and you take me out in this jalopy with no hood. What does that even mean? He, he, you know, he's up there like, yeah, I got the, I got the uh, four door with the twin carbs on it. I'm looking cool out here, a little flathead action. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Oh damn, bam! I'm too young to process this. <laughs> I'm mad at the wrong person. <laughs> Okay. I said my favorite was Catherine. What character am I? Sticking with the theme you guys established. <laughs> I am the Hercules, a.k.a. the Spruce Goose. Hey. I <laughs> will soar once. Once. <laughs> It'll be a sight to behold. Right? Look, I did it. You said I was going to fly and I flew. Hope you were watching, because that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up, and the plane is. Uh, it, it at least still exists. I don't know if it's, if it's complete. I think it's, it's in Oregon. In the, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. in Oregon. Yep. So, <laughs> just below the most racist state possible. <laughs> oh man, I'll I'll ask you that offline. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got some funny letterbox reviews. Uh, Emma Stefanski says, "I saw your Scarface picture." What? <laughs> from uh from uh he he did also a Scarface movie. Is that yeah. the review? That's yeah, that's the, the, the review. whole that's the whole that's thing. The whole thing? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> uh this is by Ely. Uh Leonardo DiCaprio naked and unshaved pissing in milk bottles and having a mental breakdown in his private movie theater. While not a hundred percent accurate, it does paint a pretty abstract portrait of me on any given Sunday afternoon. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna make a joke about uh this is this is how gross dudes prepare for the con. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh Will Meneker says Randy and Superman fights persecution by the neurotypical. <laughs> okay. And uh, this really cool guy named Tiff Zilla says, Kate Blanchett is Catherine Hepburn. 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 Kate Blanchett is Catherine Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, Giant breast full of milk. Giant breast full of milk. Giant breast full of milk. <laughs> Want clouds, damn it. Oh, man. I did pack in, uh, pack in Jesus. I did put in some, some quotes at the bottom, and that was one of them. Oh, it is. <laughs> That's the first one. Uh, my decorator picked out the wallpaper. He's a bit of a queer bed bug. What? I, <laughs> was that a. Was that a thing back then? Was the, that bed bug an insult? Or he said he's he's. I'm sorry. Queer he's, as a bed bug. He's queer as a bed bug. I've I, never heard that outside of this movie. 
I feel like they just you could just say he's queer ass and just throw anything in there behind it, and it'd be like, yeah, he's 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 uh he's queer as a Dusseldorf, right? I mean, (laughs) uh, nineteen forty whatever. Oh, that's where my damn quote is. I never put it back in. Oh, that's my ex-husband Ludlow. Father and mother are are absolutely mad about him. What the hell is he doing here? Oh, he's always always here. here. (laughs) (laughs) Like what? Your ex lives with your parents. What is that? <laughs> He's just there at dinner with your new dude. <laughs> what are you sniggering at? You just sniggered. Yeah. I was messing with Kareem about that. And he was like, <laughs> what the hell does sniggered mean? And I said, well, I first heard about it in Harry Potter. And he said, oh, J.K. Rowling would use, <laughs> find a word that was that. Uh, that's not, it's a, that's word is so much older than, oh my gosh. <laughs> but she could have used other words. She, she could have said snickered. <laughs> it's probably the same word, just the British spelling. Probably. Um, uh, <laughs> no, I've, uh, I've seen writers who weren't British write "sniggered," but it's all—it's uh, all like older, yeah, older text. It's not a word we use like re- recently, but like. I wonder why. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're not getting enough production out of Jane Russell's breasts. I want smooth titties, gents. Smooth titties. <laughs> I, I'm, watching that. I'm watching that scene, and I'm like. Is this a plain thing? What are they designing? No, it's a bra. <laughs> that's, the, that's the joke, is that he's describing it like a full thing. Yeah, he would describe it the same way he would design anything else. He's just like, boom. <laughs> hey, oh. hey, if he's if he's part of how we got out of that pointy bra phase, <laughs> let him let him roll. Let him as the as the, what do the kids say, let him cook. Let him cook. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Oh man. Let's wrap it up. Uh your final thoughts if you got any. Oh, uh I just I feel like as with many Scorsese movies, the moment you think it's running long, it picks back up. Yeah. <laughs> and it like carries you the whole rest of the way. Yep. It's a pretty dang good movie. Uh even though it is by you know, like the old guard in, in some respects. Oh yeah. 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 Like right now, a lot of the, uh, uh, white cinephiles, uh, shout out white cinephiles, uh, are, are up or <laughs> patting him on the back. Cause he said he recut the movie cause he realized that it was very, like it was coming from the point of view of like a white man and he didn't like the way it felt. And everyone started patting him on the back. And if you don't know that, Scorsese, one of his big, biggest uh, critiques is his movies are always just about white men. Like he's there, he's not known for his diversity. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, okay, he self he finally is learning his lesson. Uh, so I made him an Italian man. <laughs> he's uh. spicy right now. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I forgot where I was going with that, but. Cherry, your final thoughts. Oh, I don't know. I was trying to think while you were talking. I don't really have any. <laughs> the final thought is you've seen this movie 20 times. 20 times, yeah. <laughs> what What else can I say? Like, shit. I don't know. I, I really dig it. All right. <laughs> I did not have to rewatch it to do this episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you haven't put that together by now, because she's, she's implied it several times, you didn't have to rewatch the movie. It's basically memorized. I said it's me and Tim. We got some space, and she was like, "All right, I could do it." <laughs> <laughs> Literally. 
Uh, I love it. I really have to sit and think if, if it's my favorite biopic, but it's definitely up there. Got to be top three. This is our second yeah. biopic on the podcast. First was Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to dance with somebody. Much better than that one. <laughs> but that, that that one's also just a, a nostalgic play, you know, just like you just want to hear the songs. That's that's that type of movie. And also, Homegirl did her thing in that. But yeah. this one was more, very much more rounded, uh, fired on all cylinders. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't really have anything bad. It, it's pretty long, but like like you just said, once you notice it's getting long, it gets interesting again. Because mm-hmm. like the, the plane crash scene, we still had almost an hour left after that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sorry, the second plane crash scene, we still the had second. all this. Yeah, but it got real uh, Like I said in the beginning of the episode, there's a lot of similarities between this and Oppenheimer. So I probably need to watch Oppenheimer again and, and try and see if I could better explain that. But get some matching. Neat. Yeah. But yeah, loved it. Is it my favorite Marty Leo uh, thing? At the moment, yes. No, no, the, the, the Departed is, sorry. Yes, this is right under it. I yeah. didn't feel like dealing with gangs in New York again. <laughs> uh, there's five. There's the three we're doing for this podcast or this mini series. Also, gangs in New York and The Departed. Departed, everybody loves. So I didn't pick that one. And gangs in New York, I'm not the biggest fan, and I might not be fair on that episode. So I was like, let me leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm next up is, is Shutter Island, which is one that I really did not like, but I I am on record as saying I'll go back and I'll give it another shot, and then we'll do the Wolf of Wall Street. Right on. But yeah, uh, ratings. I'd give it a three and a half out of five. You, you watch this movie twenty times, and you gonna give it? My my requirements are low. All right. <laughs> you don't gotta explain it. I got you. My my criteria <laughs> for rewatchable is not. Not that I high. Mean, it's like it, it almost good. seems like you do the same thing I do with Scott Pilgrim. It's just kind of like nothing is going on, and this is pitch perfect for right now. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. So, People I mean, like you watching Scott Pilgrim again, like, and why not? Yeah, why wouldn't I? Successful. I have Scott Pilgrim to basically memorize though, so that is a little higher than <laughs> the Aviator. Uh, Tim ratings. Basic rating as usual is would I re- recommend it to people? This is another one where I will definitely recommend it to people who are like into watching things, but anybody that like their threshold like begins and ends at Step Brothers is I'm just not going to talk about it. <laughs> um, somebody somebody who thinks that Bram Stoker's Dracula is peak cinema, I'd be like, calm down, but watch this. You could get into this. I think the you you like you like a lull in a movie. There's a couple in this. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I would if if anyone asked like, oh, is that movie good? I would say you should you should check it out. All right, I gave this uh, according to my letterbox review. <laughs> it's a it's an eight out of ten. Uh, so great movie. All right, Remember, you stand by the eight out of ten still? Yeah, it, it's uh, I'm still there. Right um, I can't really say anything that's wrong with it that would take it away from being a masterpiece. Maybe a little bit of editing but i couldn't tell you what to take out so i don't know there's something there that that's not it's not perfect but it's damn close <laughs> so great movie eight out of ten 
Cool. Uh, I would still buy the Criterion of this if it ever came out, though. I don't know yeah. if they, I don't have any version of this on DVD, but I need to. So whatever version I can find, I'll get. And on that note, plugs. Um, as usual, <laughs> I have a podcast with a best friend cat called Keeping It Creepy with Cherry and Cat. So you can find us on Spotify. We also have a Patreon and eventually a YouTube channel. So look for us there. Thanks. <laughs> All right, Tim. Uh, still D&D Sluggers, not much to expand on over at my Patreon this month. Uh, so far, I've only dropped a cover of a a song from the band I Am Dynamite. Not sure what caused it other than I remembered that I'd been working on it for a while to do live. <laughs> uh, hopefully to play when I open for them, because I'm a jerk. Uh, just play one of their hit songs before they come out and play it. <laughs> but, uh, I'm going to be hopefully streaming more, so come by my Twitch. I'm doing a Starfield playthrough, I think. Uh, I wish I could describe more, but I have no idea what's going to happen just yet. Because <laughs> the last the last long-form game I played on my stream was Fallout 4, and I had this whole thing going where I was the best chef in the wasteland. Um, that is all going to transfer over to this, I think. It could get weird. <laughs> So you enjoying Starfield? Uh, I haven't even started it. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, well, well I, I, uh, to, I uh, watch him start it. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll be on there pretty soon. I'm going to try to archive the clips for once. I'm not real great at that on Twitch, but I'm going to put more effort into that for once. All right. As for me, you can follow me on Letterboxd, uh, Tivzilla up there. You can follow the podcast at SGBK Podcast on Threads and on Blue Sky. And we also, uh, I'm making sure I'm mentioning this, sgbkpodcast at gmail.com if you are not the social media type but you still feel like saying something to us. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, remember, next week is... Shutter Island. Shutter Island. I was about to say the wrong. Uh, Shutter Island on Paramount Plus week after that. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street, I think, also on Paramount+. Plus. All right. Bye. Bye. Take care.